This is a conversation with Shibani. She's a musician and a songwriter and one of the first female R&B artists from Dubai. Following the release of her first EP Alter Ego, she went on to perform at Soul DXP, Beat DXP, Wasla and has also opened for George Smith. In this conversation we discuss her journey, music, old school R&B, performing and the music scene in Dubai. This is no time. If you like what you see, do hit subscribe on YouTube, follow on Spotify, rate five stars on Apple Podcasts. This project continues to take a lot of my time, money and efforts. So if you like to see it continue, do consider making a small donation on Patreon and thank you to the people who have already done so. For the forms of love and support, follow on Twitter, Instagram and TikTok. Idi no time. So the movie Almost Famous yeah. is about this kid who is trying to interview the lead singer and guitarist of this rock band. and what ends up happening in the process of trying to interview the rock uh, the lead singer he ends up traveling with them attending their parties seeing their fights and after 2 hours of this chaotic journey at the end of the movie he gets an opportunity to interview the lead singer and the only question that he asks is so russell what do you like about music um, and to that the lead singer says that to begin with everything so i want to start with the same question for you as silly or basic as it may sound Shivani, what do you love about music? Everything. <laughs> <laughs> Growing up, I felt uh, like I, I've always been an outcast. Not that this is some sort of victimizing statement. Really, don't care about it. It's all good. I guess I just constantly was referred to as a, a drama queen, overly sensitive, um, too emotional, and you feel too much. I recall these sentences being told to me whether it's by um teachers or friends or even just people that are either in my class or even you know significant others at the time or just like childish relationships. Um so yeah, I I I remember I recall these sentences being told to me and music never said that to me. It never judged me. I was able to be myself. I was able to express who I am. as as sara like i yeah my my artist name is shebani but it's also my family name and that doesn't change a thing it never ever judged me for who i am with all my quirks my emotions my sensitivities me you know accepting the fact that i'm at times bubbly and colorful and bright but also have my dark side and i have my um anxious side and so this is why this is what i love about music is that it's been my bestest of bestest bestest friend for as long as i can remember plato had once said that music gives soul to the universe flight to the imagination wings to the mind and life to everything Would you agree do you think there's an extra dimension an extra magic to music that goes way beyond just melody or song or dance? Yeah. 100%. Um I think it, it can I think music can get euphoric for so many people. I think it can be life-changing. I think it can uh, for me personally it helped me um come in like come into my own and just really grow as a person i it did help it did grow like i did feel growth in my mind and in my soul and in my life and in my even my choices 
um, even even simple things like, for example, back in the day, if I had if I had you know gone through, are we allowed to swear or? Don't fucking swear on this. Show. <laughs> <laughs> if I had gone through shit, yeah. um, with a certain in a certain situation or incident with a person or a friend, back in the day, I would I would feel like I'm uh, helpless, and that I am, and that I am the cause of of everything negative. I don't know if that makes sense, but then being an, a musician and an artist has really helped me. Um, gain my, my my confidence I was never really confident and I've had an, an issue with that for as long as I can remember and so um you know I, if, if I start talking I feel like I'm never gonna stop but to answer your question I do feel like it goes way beyond just melodies and notes that's yeah a hundred percent I'm very very attached to the idea of of being uh, expressing myself through this path I'm very attached to that idea. It's not just, oh, hey, I have a new single out. No, it's it's for me. It's more than that. It's it's oh my god, I I birthed something. Like I made a song. Like I oh my god, this is I'm sending it to the world, and people are gonna get into my mind and in my into my emotions. It's a very powerful feeling. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, I definitely want to dive further into that. <laughs> and by the way, please feel free to speak as much as you like. Okay, cool. This is the space. We can do a 24-hour episode, right? You yeah, <laughs> no, of course. No deadlines. No deadlines. <laughs> okay, uh, before we dive into all of that, I'll just quick question. So your song, In the Fire, is about all the things you will leave behind if a fire broke out in your house. Let's assume there's a digital fire which would destroy all existence of music. And you can only save one album out of these two. So which one would you save? Would you save Confessions by Usher or Justified by Justin Timberlake? How do you know this yeah. shit? <laughs> How do you know this shit? How do you even know who I my favorite? I just guessed it. Oh my God. Okay, yes. Wow. First of all, I'm glad that you know what In the Fire means and what, it's, what it is about because I get asked this question all the time. Like, oh, why? What is? When? How did you write In the Fire? But yes, that's exactly how I wrote it. Um so it's confessions by yeah, Asha or yeah. justified by Just, Justin Timberlake. Yeah? Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Very good question. Oh, I <laughs> applaud you. I applaud you. Well done. Well done, sir. Um Confessions by Usher or Justified by Justin Timberlake. Wow. Uh that's I can't pick. Let me think. Okay. <laughs> this is the toughest question ever. Literally going to cry right now. Can't believe you know this. Uh, I think. I think. Um, damn, I really love Justin Timberlake, but. It's going to have to be Confessions by Usher. Oh, controversial opinions on this show. <laughs> Justin Timberlake is watching, just switched it off at this moment. And no, I'll <laughs> tell you what it is. It's not even about the artist or the album. It's about yeah. how I felt when I received that first uh, CD. Um, so at the, at the time, I didn't have a lot of CDs. I think I had a, a CD um, player. Uh, I got it for my birthday from my sisters. And they also got me this like teen spirit cd volume i don't know what that has a a, a mix of different songs and that was the first cd that i got but then the first re like artist cd 
that I received from my sister also on an occasion, I think it was a birthday, was Usher Confessions. And I held on to that CD with my whole life. I was just like, oh my God, I'm gonna memorize every word. And I did memorize every word. So yeah. Those are so special, right? I remember my first one. I got a Walkman, Sony Walkman with the with the cassette. And you should think you're so cool, right? But just putting them on the trousers. And the first uh, cassette that I had was Backstreet Boys. Of course. Greatest hits. Yes. And I still do date. I would I worship Backstreet Boys. Me too. Yeah. Uh, it was it's a special time, isn't it? Okay. So bold choices here. And uh, unfortunately, Justin Timberlake's entourage has stopped watching this show, but we'll still continue. I love Hopefully Usher said. is watching. <laughs> so let's dive into your journey a bit. So you were born in Iraq and then six months in, your family moved to Dubai and you've been raised here ever since. I assume, of course, you have two elder sisters and your parents must have some form of attachment to Iraq. But how do you view it? Do you see it as a place where you still, you can't resonate now, you have no attachment or you still view it as this cultural root of sorts? No, um... Yeah, that's a that's a, a deep one. Um, I am very proud to be Iraqi, and I resonate with being an Iraqi woman, um, and I hold it so dear. Uh, it's very, very dear to my heart. Unfortunately, I do feel a disconnect with the country itself with the colors of the country, the texture, the smells. I don't really know what it's like there. I don't know what it's like if I would ever land and, you know, go down and just like see it or smell it or just look up in the the sky. And I know like it's pretty much the same thing, but it's different, you know what I mean? Um, like when I, when I went to London and I studied there, I now can tell you like, oh, I miss the smell of this or I miss walking down that street. But when it comes to my home country, Iraq is a place that I miss, but I don't know what I miss. I, I miss it's missing in my life, but I don't know what I miss in it. And so this has always been uh, a disconnect for me. It's always been a, um, uh, a crisis, if identity crisis, if anything else. You know, I, I genuinely feel like I wish I knew it better. And I don't blame anybody. I don't even blame my parents for not taking me. I think they have their own um, sorrow and their own regrets about certain things. Um, I, I believe that my parents miss their, their country every day. And they left when they were a lot you know, they were, you know, aware and, and awake and they were adults. We were the children. I was a toddler. My eyes were still closed. I, um, I mean, I don't know if you know this, but I was born under attack. Like, the, my mom gave birth to me in the hospital with no people in the hospital. It was flooded. Uh, water was up to their knees. Um, it was getting bombed. And... um the the war ended about 10 days or something mm-hmm. around 10 days yeah. after i was born and so um my mom had a bit of a medical issue and so when she gave birth to me uh she couldn't stay with me for almost an entire week and she gave me to you know one of uh one of the family members and and a relative and um at the time, she took the lady took care of me. Um, may her soul rest in peace. Her name is Hanan, and um, 
it, it's that's a story that I don't get to say often because every time I talk about it, I get very emotional because I feel like I was robbed of a country that is supposed to be my home, you know, and it's hard. It's hard. You know, man, like, like I can't ever imagine how it would feel like for my parents to have my mom given birth to me and then literally like our house was immediately bombed and I was my sisters were so young and they were so scared and my dad was so scared and he went and he got a he got a van and he put us in the van and he drove off and can you imagine how how people must feel I mean it's only the beginning of the podcast I'm already crying but it's so hard to talk about so so yeah of course I think about my country every day I try to sing about it too but it's too hard to sing about and I've never told that to anybody it's too hard to sing about, <laughs> you know, but I, I, I want to, and I want to visit one day, but hopefully get some tissue. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's that. Um, I'm strong enough to, to admit that it's very hard for me to, to sing about it. It's very hard for me to address it because that's where I'm from and that's who I am. But honestly speaking, like, you know, circumstances were not easy. And my my parents did the did their best to protect us. Imagine being a, a, a 20 day old baby in, 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 in my mom's arm and she's running through the war and through bombs and, and, and the, the sky was filled with colors, but not of fireworks. Um, CNN. At the time, my mom told me that CNN called it, uh, they called it, um, Iraq's skies are lit up, uh, it's, it's lit up as though it's a Christmas tree, but it's missiles and bombings and bombs. And so I hope I answered your, your question. There. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it is, and it always will be. Very tough, of course, it'll be a tough situation and tough feeling to express. I can resonate slightly when you talk about a country that you never experienced because I'm from India. Most people who have grown up in Dubai, they come from a certain place, but they haven't really visited the country. Yeah, yeah. A lot of friends that I have from Lebanon, similar situation. As well. So it's a very, but I, but I still like to hear the story because this, I feel this part of our personality doesn't really get a chance to express itself. No, it doesn't, yeah. The fact that we still feel a connection, I feel a strong connection to India, but I've never stayed there, you know? So that part of me, I still feel like it needs to be explored a bit more. And of course, it'll always be a part of us, a part of our parents, of our course. family. But you know what upsets me? What upsets me is that when people confidently and with the audacity that they have go around assuming that I'm either or we anybody is either too embarrassed to talk about their country or too embarrassed to speak in, in Iraqi or Arabic or the Arabic dialect or or whatever it is but I just want to give or I want to say give people the benefit of the doubt maybe they're hurting maybe it's too difficult for them to address where they're where they're from because they're confused maybe they don't know enough maybe they don't know better any better maybe they are not ready maybe if they talk about it, they immediately yes. cry. Of course. So maybe I'm not in the mood to cry every single time somebody asks me, why don't you speak Iraqi often in front of so people who follow you on social media? Why don't you speak Arabic? Why don't you sing in Arabic? Can you imagine the confusion that I have in my mind ever since I was born? 
going from one school to the other, one country to the next, not knowing where you're really from, not even having the opportunity to meet your grandparents, not having a big family because all your family is in Iraq living not a very, you know, lavish lifestyle. There's a huge disconnect and I'm trying to fill that gap. I'm not lazy. I'm not ignoring the fact. I'm just trying. And if something comes through, then great. If not, <laughs> you got to be kind. Don't assume things. So that's that's what upsets me is that when people assume shit. <laughs> yes, of course. Okay. You've done a bachelor's in digital production and storytelling. Yes. Your father's an author. Your mom is also an author, radio and TV presenter. One sister is this uh, singer, actor, director, and worked in advertising before. Yeah. Another sister is a fashion designer. So your entire family is in this creative field. Have there been moments when you've been so inspired by the work that you've tried to incorporate that in your music, that have put you in a certain zone and that's come through in your music? Yeah, a thousand percent. I mean, right now I'm working on an entirely new project and um, I'm asking questions. I'm asking my parents a lot of questions about the the war because my mom wrote about it in her book uh the protector of the palm trees um which in arabic is called harisat al-nakhil and um it is about her the title is is basically referring to her mother because she she says um she is the protector of the palm trees because my mom is from basra and um if you ever visit iraq or or basra you'd you'd see that palm trees is a thing <laughs> right <laughs> you know um yeah. and so that's where she lived uh I, i'm asking my, my parents a lot of questions about where we're from how it looks like how their lifestyles were like when they were kids what they did how they played around the uh the area the the, the streets um i'm asking them about the war i'm asking them about how they how we managed to escape i'm asking them so many things because i need the inspiration for my project even though um i'm not really i'm not really sure of how i'm writing the song but i i did write a, a little um if you if you can call it an sort of like an intro to some sort of part in in my next project and i called it tigris and euphrates which is dijla wal furat um which are the two rivers that meet uh in the middle and um so that i do get a lot of inspiration from my parents being authors and being um creatives but mostly i i was in, in a very very inspired by my sister singing growing up iman would sing left and right and and i was so afraid to admit that i might like to sing too And so like at the age of 13, I went up to her and my other sister, Ashtar, and I said, um, hey, guys, listen, I, I think I like to sing. I think I want to sing. And they said, "Okay, sing for us. And I sang a song. And they were like, wow, you know, that's really good. And they didn't, didn't reject me, which I think is the start of something, was the start of something. You sang Foolish Games, right, by Jew? One, you've, des you've described that you were shaking at that point, right, when you sang it for the first time? You did your research, <laughs> freaking I out. I just, just guessed it. You just guessed it. Well, okay, I don't know what you are, not who you are, what you are, what kind of species are you? But I yeah. was there in that room. I was listening. You were there. <laughs> uh, yes, I did sing Foolish Games. Do you by, remember that moment? Jules. Like, yeah. how nervous you were? I was part? so nervous. I was so nervous. I was so nasally. 
um, I couldn't sing from, you know, from my gut. <laughs> and I was just terrified uh, because, again, I've always felt judged growing up because I was, uh, even as a, as a kid, like we're talking about being nine, eight, whatever. Even as, as a kid, I, I opened up my eyes being the girl with the curly hair, the chubby girl. Um, and at the time, that wasn't a thing. Like, it was the 90s. You can only imagine what the beauty standards were like. So I know that it's so irrelevant to music, but when you are when you lack confidence in the way that you look, it kind of bleeds and trickles down to everything else. So I didn't have the confidence to get up and sing in front of everybody. I had some of the worst stage frights. Um, I would get like rashes all over my neck and it was like it would be red uh sometimes i still do on stages but obviously i'm an adult, I'm an adult now and i have experience and i'm you know a professional so i can control that feeling right. uh, and just put it out to give it to people on stage uh, cr the crowd or the audience as opposed to holding it all in so yeah i was very nervous um i was in the kitchen and i was leaning towards the counter uh that we had we had like a table and um and i i just sang it with like crossed arms and, and you know like just like standing <laughs> so foolishly yeah. no pun intended yeah and then it's just that's the journey that's which started the journey, from that, that yeah. kitchen counter kitchen yeah, counter memorize that spot just take yeah. a picture of it frame it right? yeah so when you were young you also had this you were really into cartoons, I believe, and you wanted to make cartoons when you were growing animation, up. Yeah, yeah, animation, yeah. I wanted to be an animator. <laughs> I think you had this ad idea where it's a jungle and there's a lion roaring. And oh then my God, yeah. Instead of a lion coming out of the bush, it would be a car or something. Yeah, like that, yeah, so, yeah, right? yeah. And yeah. that you love cartoons so much that you wanted to get into it. <laughs> Do you think you can still live that dream? Do you think there's a way you can create a fusion of R&B and cartoons? Is this a place no one has tapped into? Um. Well, yeah, but also one of my biggest dreams and, and hopefully goals is to uh, write the the soundtrack of a of like a cart like an animated a, yeah like Lion King. hopefully <laughs> hopefully i really want to write a song um for a cartoon whether it's a tv show or a disney or a pixar i mean um that that would be great and even sing it you know write it and sing it you know yeah looking forward to it me yeah. too <laughs> yeah, one day hopefully me too yes yeah. yes so what was it when, when you were growing up what was it about old school r&b that really got to you what made it stand out so um, one thing that I have to say is that it wasn't always R&B. Uh, before that, growing up, like you, I listened to a lot of the the boy bands, girl bands. Uh, I listened to a lot of like pop music. So I was a huge fan of of Aqua. I was a huge fan of uh, um, not Nick Carter, but the other one. Damn, Nick Carter's brother. Aaron Carter, Aaron <laughs> Carter. Thank you, Aaron <laughs> Carter. Uh, I was a big fan. Uh, you know, I was like, I was a kid, so I was a big fan of S Club Seven, S Club Eight, the little ones that they put together. Um, big fan of, um, just really a lot of pop music. Uh, I'm very cheesy. I'm, I'm not like, I'm not really cool when it comes to that, and I love it because it was this is my childhood and this is what I grew up listening to. And then it moved into a bit of the, my emo phase, which is a lot of punk, a lot of alternative rock, uh, Christian rock. I mean, I didn't know it at the time, obviously, yeah. but now I know what it was. So a lot of Lifehouse, um, uh, Three Doors Down, uh, 
you know, uh, I was obsessed with One Tree Hill, the TV show. So um, I would watch the TV show. And after every episode, I would go to LimeWire. No, it was illegal. But, you know, I would probably shouldn't say <laughs> <laughs> but not anymore. This yeah. is about 10, 10, 15 years. We I mean, all did it. Yeah, yeah, we all did it. And Petri Skull. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And the, after LimeWire, there was another one. There was the blue one, the, the icy one. Oh, yeah. I Ice, remember using that. Something wire. It was Actually, lime. I didn't use it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, there was that icy. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. It was another one. So I would just download a lot of the music that I heard, the soundtracks that I heard on uh, uh, One Tree Hill. So I got to know um, Angels and Airwaves, Dashboard Confessional, um so many so many i can uh, obviously like the fray was one of them snow patrol so i was the script oh my god i met the script i was obsessed um train was one of my favorite bands and so i was a a fundamentally a band kind of person you met the script yeah i did oh nice what was that like um insane uh i was basically a groupie (laughs) literally Uh, so i saw the the script three times in my lifetime uh the first time was at sandance at uh, somewhere where palm is right now there was this festival that happens on a yearly basis i think and they would get these bands and um and then the um, the second time Two times, both of them were uh, jazz festival, Dubai jazz festival. One of the Dubai jazz festivals, that's it. I was like, enough is enough. I need to meet the script because if I don't, then I'm not going to be able to move on with my life. Like I had an obsession, not about the artists only, but about the way that their music made me feel. Like, honestly, the minute the the man, the man who can be moved dropped, I was just like, oh, my God, that's a that's a really good song. So um, and so I uh, um, I had this thing where I was able for for jazz festivals. It wasn't just the script. It was actually a, f- a couple of years in a row where I found out when you go into a concert, you can easily tell what kind of hotel is sponsoring because if they're if a hotel is sponsoring an entire festival, they're gonna want their logos all over the place, and that means if they're sponsoring a festival, then most artists are staying there. Yeah. So I was like, okay, cool. Um, this is the hotel. It was Intercontinental DFC, mm-hmm. um, and I, I just uh, it was the last song was um, a Hall of Fame. They they were performing Hall of Fame. Before they were finishing Hall of Fame, my it was me, my one of my best friends, Hind, and my sister. Uh, we started running out of the concert because we didn't want to get stuck in the traffic. So we actually missed almost like m- more than half of the last song they were performing. Um, ran to the car, got in the car, drove to Intercontinental, and just stood there in the lobby with my guitar. Right. Yeah. Um, and Iman was like, okay, are you ready? They're going to be here. You have to sing to them. <laughs> I have that video. How old were you? I was 20, 19, 21. Oh. Yeah. Like I wasn't a baby. No, it was, wasn't. Yeah. Um, I think I was 19. Yeah. Or 20. Mm-hmm. So we, uh, the first person we saw was Glenn, um, who is the drummer, I believe. And we, 
I saw him and I was like, oh my God, hey, can you please sign my guitar? And he signed it. And then um, and then I saw Danny, who's the lead vocals. And and I, I ran to him. But unfortunately, there were people who thought the same way we did. And they were surrounding him. Right. And so I had to wait a little bit. And then I got to him and I was like, hey, can I sing you a song? And I literally then and there... Because I didn't have a, a guitar um, strap, so I just like went on my knees and I started singing a mashup of uh, of um, Jason Mraz, uh, I'm yours, I'm yours. <laughs> and a little bit of Bruno Mars at the time. Amazing. Oh my God, who am I? I started singing the mashup, and uh, he was singing along, and he clapped, and he's like, "You guys are great," and and and. And he like it was so cute. And then I took pictures with him, and that was it. At the time, I didn't see Mark, who was the guitarist uh, of the band or um, bassist. I'm so sorry, my memory really fails me. Um, but I didn't see Mark, and I was a bit disappointed because I knew for a fact that he. I mean, I just had a connection with her with his personality, and he was just very approachable. I can tell through interviews and. Um, so my sister was exhausted and she's like, you know what, let's go sit in the bar at Intercontinental and just chill there. Dude, I kid you not. We're sitting at the bar, me, Hind and Iman. Okay. I wish they were there to vouch for this. I believe you. And <laughs> Iman, uh, I, I, I mean, I, I'm, I was underage, so I wouldn't really drink, but I, you know, she's my older sister and she's really cool. So she ordered me like a glass of wine um and we were just sitting and talking about how crazy this moment was and we took pictures with the script and we sang to danny and it was insane while we were sitting or no actually before we went into the bar we we walked into the bar and we saw mark standing there having a drink with some friends and i'm like oh my god it's mark iman it's mark so he took my guitar I approached him. And I was like, hey, I was so shy. He took my guitar, he signed it. And then he actually like looked at the guitar and he started saying, oh, this is a cool one. You know, can I strum a few tunes? And I'm like, sure. You know, and then we took a group picture with him. And then um, uh, my sister being like the the mature old one and she kind of can, she can, she can vibe things out. She, she just nudged me. She's like, let's leave them alone because they're probably really tired from the concert. I'm like, okay. That's, that's when we sat on the table in the bar away from them and we got our drinks and whatever next thing i know mark approaches us comes to the table and he goes like hey can i join you guys he sits next to me and he starts asking me questions about why i hold the guitar and am i a singer and he takes the guitar and we start singing the man who can't be moved together yes um i have that in video as well and um and then uh 15 minutes later, obviously, Mark is Danny's friend and band member and basically like everything. So Danny walks into the bar. He sees Mark sitting with us. He comes and he grabs a chair and he sits on my left hand side. And this is where like I'm literally sweating my ass off. Just like that. And we're sitting there for an hour or two just talking to the script. He literally like I, I had glasses on at the time, medical glasses. I put them on the table. He takes them and he puts them on and he's like, he st starts reading the, the cigarette pack and he's just like, oh my God, you're blind. 
And I'm like, I am. For you, for you I am blind, yeah. you know? And we're just yeah. talking to him and, and yeah. I'm frozen and I'm singing with Mark and I'm talking to Danny and Hind is talking to Danny and Iman is talking to everybody and we're just sitting with the script. And how crazy is that? Just hanging out with the script, yeah. casual. So yeah. to answer your question, yes, of course, I grew up listening to R&B, but we have to address these moments first. Of course. Yeah. You know, um, I also, the same way I stalked Lifehouse here and I met them and David Gray and Train, well, the lead vocalist mm -hmm. of Train. Um, and yeah. Just casually hanging out with the script. Just casually hanging out with the Not script. Not everyone has this kind of no. story, right? No. Interesting. Are you... Um, Careful of not making something you love so much music your profession. Because there's a very common saying that you should make the thing you love the second most your profession, not the thing you love the most. Because I imagine in the past, music was your happy place and the place where you go to, where you go for a release after a long day of work. You can go to music and then you can relax and feel yourself very therapeutic in that sense. But if you make it your work, then there might be days where... Not, not music in particular, but maybe the admin issues or the logistics or the traveling, those aspects can get really annoying. And you just, and because it's all tied in with your work, it might seep into the, the music itself. And you might just wake up feeling like, today I just don't want to perform or today I just don't want to do anything to do with music. Or the other issue is that after a hard day of work, you come home and then you need to relax. But you're like, I've just been working on music the whole day. Yeah. What do I do now? Is this something you think about? Is this yeah. something you'd be careful of? Yeah, actually, uh, 100%. I do think about it. I am careful of it. Um, but unfortunately, uh, it's the reality of my life. Um, music is my career. I want it to be my career. I want to be a musician. I want to be an artist. I want to tour and perform. And of course, it'll always be something that I go back to whenever I need a moment out of, out of, but that's a thing. <laughs> I don't need a moment from work because music is my work. Right. Last time I was employed at a a job that is outside of music was seven, eight years ago. A photographer. Yeah. yeah. So I'm not. I'm. I'm not. I. I never get sick of doing music or admin work. Yeah. But if I do get tired or feel like I need a minute out of this world, I would spend it with family and friends. Just do no regular things like go to the beach or, or have a barbecue and maybe a couple of drinks and I'm good to go. You know what I mean? And so I... It did become my profession. It is my profession. It is my career. And yes, it does get exhausting. But I do believe so strongly that if I... When not if, when I put together um, a group of people and a team that are, that are invested in the, um, in the vision and that really believe in me and that want to grow with me because together we can create magic, then some of these uh, worries and, and um, tasks are going to be lifted off of my shoulder. Um, it's not a matter of Am I ever going to get sick of it and leave music? No, I'm always going to write. That aspect of music is always going to be there. I'm always going to write. I'm always going to want to write music, write songs, release music, release albums. Um, but I do need help. Yes, I do need a lot of help. I, I feel like after five years of just 
constantly doing this whole DIY approach. I'm exhausted. I'm tired. I, I would, unfortunately, I don't have a nine to five and I don't, I don't have a, 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 an sort of like a salary at the end of the month. And so I don't know how to, if, if someone's invested and wants to manage me or help me or whatever, I can't pay them now. But if, if we together make something out of me in life, in this world, in this universe or whatever it is, this, you know, we can go international and we can do something big, then yes, we're all winning. But it's, it's a long-term vision. It's not immediate. It's not an immediate um, temporary high. If someone wants to join me on this path, then it's going to be tedious and difficult. And it might feel like we're not getting anywhere. But we have to work hard and I have to work hard. Um, so, yeah, I, I think hopefully did I answer your question? You did? Yeah. yeah. It's good that uh, the love for music for you is still so strong because it does reflect in your work as well. You can tell the artists that are doing it for, for the passion for it and then some that do it for fame. And yours clearly is dripping with a lot of love and passion. So I definitely want to dive into your music a lot more. And uh, performing as well. One question I had for you is one of your favorite artists is her, H.E.R. And for a long time, she is amazing. And for a long time, she kept her identity hidden. Even The weekend kept his identity hidden. Were you tempted at all? Because a lot of your music does deal with the personal issues and you bear your soul. Is that a thought that crossed your mind? No. Um, going into music. Okay. When I released Alter Ego and I released uh, the, my first single, Ocean on Fire, this was simultaneously the same moment I decided to apply to music school in London and just go and like literally figure myself out, right? There was a lot of musicians in the UAE, in Dubai, but it wasn't spoken of as much as it is spoken of right now. We're talking about 2015, 2016. It was there were a lot of artists and we know exactly like we're talking about the OGs of the OGs, right? So I'm not taking that away from anybody. But I didn't learn anything. I just dived like I dove. I dove in. I, like I, I just jumped in water and I was like, okay, cool. So I guess now I'm releasing a single <laughs> awkwardly. <laughs> I now have an EP, yes. you know? So I didn't know what image I wanted. I I, just, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I just released. And so I didn't think about it too much. I didn't feel like... I, can I be honest? I felt a little blind. I felt like I was just floating. And I was like, okay, I guess I'm now releasing music. Don't get me wrong. I've been in love with music forever. But... I wasn't, no worries, I wasn't told that it's possible for me to pursue music that way and release original music. I didn't know that there's something called working with a producer. I didn't write songs from a very young age. I was not informed. For me, I copied what I saw on social media at the time, which is not even social media now. It was very different. It was We're talking about two different social medias. I'm talking about the YouTube era of YouTube musicians cover artists, going on YouTube, releasing covers on a weekly basis. That's what I knew how to do. That's what I knew how to 
work on. And I filmed myself on a weekly basis. Every Saturday, I, w- I would release a cover um, on my platform called Acoustic Saturdays with Sara Al-Shaybani. Like, Shaybani wasn't even a thing at the time. Um, I had a Facebook page. I was, you know, I had a like a, a an entire little setup going on in my room. And so, no, I didn't know that I could do something like her. I didn't know that I could be the person that I am today. I am afraid to say that I had a lot of limitations in my mind, not because of anybody. I wasn't told that this is something that I can grow with. It doesn't matter who didn't tell me. It's just, I didn't know. So I just kind of took it day by day and I just like stumbled and, and tripped over it. And I was like, okay, so I I think songwriting is a thing and I fell in love with it. The moment it happened, I was like, oh my God, where has this been all my life? So, uh, yeah. it's. Can just, I flip the question back? Yes. So now that knowing this, in hindsight, would you have kept your identity hidden? No, no, no. no. You wouldn't have. No, 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 no. no. Right. I don't think I'm that person. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not too... Okay. Uh, you know how I said that I'm, I'm, I'm referred to as too sensitive or too emotional or whatever, which is, by the way, is, is right. Like, I, I love it. I'm not, I'm not a baby anymore. I don't get it you know, sensitive about somebody calling me overly, overly yeah. sensitive. Okay. I don't get sad. I am. It's, it's who make, it's what makes me who I am. And actually I'm glad that I am that person because it's a, I feel like it's a breath of fresh air as opposed to bottling it in. Yeah. I, not I can't. Showing any, yeah. I can't. Yeah. Okay. You will tell if I, if I'm uncomfortable in a situation. Um, and when I'm not uncomfortable and when I, when I'm like easing up to you, you will enjoy it even more because it's authentic. It's not fake. So, so no, I don't think I can be hidden because I have a lot to say. Um, I remember I got this tattoo, which is a book on my, um, on my wrist. And somebody once told me, uh, what is this? And I said, oh, it's, it's sort of like I got it in London two weeks before I, my, I graduated. My student visa expired and I had, had to come back to Dubai. So I was like, I need to get something in London before I come back, just as a reminder. So I got a book because obviously I'm big on reading and I'm big on writing and I, I write songs in a, in a notebook and not, in, uh, not, not on my phone all the time. At the time, it was like really no- notebook heavy. So I got this tattoo and I was like, sure, I can. this is the story that I can tell people. But in the reality of things, I got this tattoo of a, an open book is because I am an open book and because m- my heart is on my sleeve and because I am that kind of person. And somebody once told me, don't be that person. Don't be too obvious and don't, don't let people know everything. Be mysterious. And I'm just like, but I can't. I don't want to. Everybody else is mysterious and everybody else is bottling up way too many emotions. I, I can't. I will, I will get depressed. I will be lying to myself. I will actually get depressed if I keep things in, if I am not authentic, if I keep lying about who I am. So no, I don't think I would have been able to take that route. You know, 
Yeah, I'm not sure why. <coughs> sorry, being sensitive has now become this negative thing. I actually quite like people who are able to bear their emotions. Now, be, yeah, now. But in 2016, it wasn't. Yeah, I mean, I really hope that it doesn't take that negative connotation because I like people who clearly expressive. Let us know what they're feeling. Yeah, no. As someone who doesn't really express that much often, I would love to be on that down that road. Yeah, there'll be no confusion at all. Okay, you also mentioned songwriting. Definitely wanted to cover that with you. The song "Right by You" came by when you were driving, I believe, and yes. you sent a voice note to your producer. Yes, and to Bayluni. Yes. Yes, <laughs> and when I think you were washing dishes in London, when in the fire, the thought came. Yes, the fire but came I out. didn't send in the fire to Bayluni immediately. Yeah, but that's when you first thought of it. Yes. Right? So what I want to check with you is how do you view songwriting? Is it more of a conscious effort where you have to put, let's say, two hours, three hours every day, and then you might get something at the end of it? Or is it something more subconscious? And this is something Casey mentioned as well. That um, shout out Casey Hamada in I the house. Casey. Yeah, he mentioned as well. And whether it seems like creativity or songwriting is this subconscious force that just strikes you at some moments when you're, let's say, in a very peaceful state of mind when you're driving or washing dishes, and you have to have the skills, of course, but you need to be in the right frame of mind at the right time to get that idea and then make something out of it. Yeah. Do you think it's more conscious where you have to sit down, put two hours every day, or is it? You have when you get that inspiration, then that's when you put in your skills. Um. Yeah, no, I. It's very hard for me to sit down and write music. <laughs> right. Yeah, like, like intentionally, like willingly. It's very hard for me. I think because I I am constantly inspired and driven by my emotions, and a lot of people ask me like, "Oh, what's your inspiration in music?" And I'm just like, "You know what? I don't think I have one. I just think I am living day by day, and I want to, I want to write about my feelings. I want to write about my stories, and I want to write about." these things i'm going through so i'm not able to obviously look we're talking a general picture like a bigger picture yeah i would probably prefer having um going about my day and then suddenly an idea strikes and i'm just like oh my god i need to record this or i need to write this down and then that becomes an entire song but let me tell you something it's a process right so in the fire was an idea when I was washing the dishes. Okay. I was alone. I was like, holy shit. Like I got nobody here. What if this place went in flames and what do I do? Like, how do I protect myself? How do I, do I take my passport? Do I take my, you know, I was, I was thinking about a very logical thing. I was just thinking like, oh, you know, I don't have my family here. Where am I going to go stay? My phone, my passport is enough, I guess. With some money, I can call my family and be like, hey, uh, either put me in, an, in a plane to come back or just like maybe stay in a hotel. Like I was just thinking logical things. But then that turned into like a bit more emotional where it's just like, you know, <sighs> lately I've been feeling a lot of anxiety. I've been having um, some thoughts, very dark thoughts. And I want to break free from that. And so it's a process had had in the fire remained there in my mind and I didn't pursue it um, technically and melodically, then it wouldn't have become a song. So yes, of course, I would rather be go about my day and suddenly get an idea and then grow it as opposed to sitting in front of the computer or the laptop and just like pressing notes on logic and and maybe strumming my guitar, but that worked too. I've had success with that too. If I, but you're asking me, what do I prefer? I prefer the natural approach. 
But the natural approach moves and goes into the let's sit and work on that idea kind of. So it's it's a process of it coming to you, but then if you don't take it and if you don't water it, mm -hmm. if you leave it without any water, then it's going to die. Yes. And it's going to just dissipate and maybe even go to somebody else. I've read Big Magic, and so I know like the the concept of grabbing that idea before it goes to another home. Um, so that's what I was trying to say is that it's important. It's important for an artist or a songwriter to not feel like a machine, but at the same time, if you have an idea, don't let it die out. Don't leave it too too long. Uh, write it, uh, pursue it. Um, and I would sit down in the fire was an idea, and then I sat down. I put chords together. I wrote it. Um, I wrote the melodies. I wrote the lyrics, and it became a song. Um, but then, obviously, like those chords were not the ones I used. I just went to. That's another story. I mean, I was. With Bailuni, we were writing a couple of songs and he had a, a beat already done. And then he played it and I sang the same. It was coincidentally the same key, the same melody of what I wrote for In the Fire. And I was just like, I think I'm going to take that beat. And he's like, oh, you should. He he was like, this is this is a good one. Don't let it go. I'm like, cool. So that's how it happened. I find it very fascinating how uh, artists create art and how, how creativity comes about. And why I ask this is because Many actors, musicians, painters have spoken about getting to this zone where the art just controls them. You, even writers, when you're writing, you just get in this zone and it just flows through you. And how they describe it is that you become a vessel or a medium for this energy that's going through you. And then it feels like creativity is a lot more subconscious in the sense that Salvador Dali, for example, he painted a lot of his dreams. Uh, the Beatles wrote a lot of the hits while they were tripping on acid, not really in a conscious state of mind. There's a whole genre of psychedelic rock and psychedelic music. Yeah. It just feels like as much as you try uh, to sit down and try to, let's say, write today or perform today, the, some of your best work is a lot more subconscious and you just have to have the right skills to catch it in the moment when it comes through. That's very true. Uh, I, but I'm not very good with, with um, writing about my dreams, unfortunately. <laughs> I feel like my dreams just remain my dreams, but the emotion that I take. So I, as you can see, I use the word emotions a lot. This is definitely a driving force for me. Um, the emotions that I get from my dream is, or from my dreams um, is something that inspires me to continue writing or to write about a song. Um, I've written, uh, I've written a song recently because I had a dream and I felt really sad when I woke up. So I decided to just put it into words and melodies and, Kind of worked, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm always fascinated by these things. Another question that's tied in in the same zone is, there's a very common saying that great work or great art comes from great suffering, you know? And so I think a way of framing would be to be able to sing about love or to be expressed love. Do you have to have experienced not being loved? Or in order to speak about or sing about feeling confident about who you are, you need to have experienced something like PCOS like you have and then and then you can actually put that depth into it. Or how the the poetic way of saying it was, from what I read, was to be truly able to experience light, you need to experience darkness. Absolutely. This Absolutely. is something you agree with. Right? Yes, this that is something I agree with. And I I feel like you you find yourself in the best of... Um, sounds so morbid or a bit sadistic, but you find your strength in the darkest of moments um if everything is easy then you're not really challenging yourself 
you're just you're just jello at that point <laughs> you're just like jello you know, you know what i <laughs> yeah, mean but like if if you're if you're trying to break through through stone or or wood or whatever it is sub- substance any substance or textures that are difficult in your life then then that's that's how you you learn about your strength you know how are you going to know how many push-ups you can you can do if you can't if you can't try them if you can't pull yourself up then you basically don't have any upper body strength like i don't have any upper body strength and now i'm working out and i'm trying to build muscle because not for any reason to be honest i just want to feel powerful i want to feel like and i like i can do push-ups i can yeah. i can i can carry myself up and maybe that's that's a mental thing maybe i want to feel like i can carry myself because i feel like lately i've been falling from the weight or something i don't know mm-hmm. i don't want to get too philosophical about it but um i i do think that it it i write a lot of songs out of the pain that i have been going through or have gone through um out of the uh, the obstacles but i also recently have been writing a lot of about um unconditional love about happiness sort of um not the kind of happiness that's like happy-go-lucky but more of the kind of uh, the sunshine that is in your life because it's real because you finally experienced something real so yes some of the best work comes from pain but then there's also really good work that comes from you experiencing something real something that not many people have experienced yet and so you sort of become this kind of like a, a a person who's telling people like by the way it it exists does that make sense because i know not every love song not heartbreak song mind you love song is is relatable a lot of people are going through pain but then i just told myself if i'm not going through pain or heartbreak then i'm not going to write music anymore so i allowed myself to get inspired by the things that i am feeling and i am writing songs about certain situations that are going on in my life right now and they're positive some of them are positive um and i think that's pretty cool because i thought if i was not heartbroken then i'm never going to write music again that that's not the only inspiration yeah interesting you brought up to uh, that you need to keep pushing yourself have you watched this movie black swan or whiplash have you watched it whiplash movie? i did watch whiplash i'm obviously very familiar with uh black swan yes. um but when it came out i remember i was pretty young um so my mom didn't let me watch it i don't know why uh, it, it is but even now i got real scared by black swan yeah so i think i need to watch it now definitely yeah it's uh, very similar to whiplash in that sense so since you watch whiplash I we did. can i love that movie we can base it on that you know you know the story but for people who don't know it's about this jazz drummer who is a very polite nice person very good drummer but not legendary by any sorts and he gets this coach who is mentally and physically abusive to him yes. to the point that the protagonist changes his entire personality by the end of the movie becomes such a mean person very mean spirited very arrogant very obsessed with this craft yeah. and he detach- detaches himself from his family his girlfriend with everyone but in doing so by 
by this constant pressure that he faces and becoming this obsessive person he also becomes a legendary drummer by the end of the movie or is what they imply but he really achieves greatness and what the coach in the movie Jackie Simmons he says a very famous line which is there are no two words in the english language that are more harmful than good job and it just got me thinking of yeah. course this is a very toxic way of looking at things and i personally don't think you need to always create that kind of an atmosphere but i thought there was some merit to the fact that you need to surround yourself with people who are always pushing you outside your comfort zone absolutely okay i'm not very comfortable in um i'm very 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 critical about myself everything everything my hair my face my body my, uh, my music uh my my approach to to how i like literally i i would post something on instagram and i'd be like it's not good enough or wow i'm such a lame person like why did i just post that i'm very critical so uh i try to lessen that because it's become extremely either obsessive or just in general toxic so i do believe that um a lot of people are surrounded by yes men and that is uh detrimental to their potential i do feel like within a year or two of just pursuing any craft we're not even talking about music here there's still so much for you to do and i'm not even talking about years it doesn't matter how long you've been doing this if you've been doing one thing for 10 years but then somebody just started and is doing the same thing but d- doing it differently and getting better results then maybe you the person who has been doing something for 10 years c- can learn something about somebody who just started but is doing it sort of more efficiently efficient efficiently <laughs> efficiently yeah. or um a more with more productivity right and there is a different uh there's different um result you see different results so it's really not a matter of what i believe in is that it's really not a matter of how long you've been doing this when i when i um introduce myself to people or even like just on email if i'm trying to like approach somebody for a project or whatever it is i don't understand why i have to say that like oh i've been doing this for five years it really is nothing it's nothing 5 years is nothing some people have been doing it longer but even though maybe not better some people have been doing it less than me and where they are right now i've reached in 4 years and they've reached in 1 year or vice versa maybe in 5 years i've done more than somebody who's been pursuing this for 15 years you never know it's not a matter of who's better or who's not it's literally your own path your own story your own wins your own failures it's so 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 personal and that's why i don't like being surrounded by yes men or yes women um i if i'm writing a song casey's not very nice by the way he's not going to tell me oh my god this is amazing every single time i know his face i know his tone of tone of voice i sent him a few songs once not once at once but like every sometimes i would send him a song and i'd be like hey i just wrote this um he'd be like so a i wouldn't if it's on whatsapp i wouldn't get a caps lock answer 
I wouldn't get caps lock answer. He'd be like, oh, cool. Yeah, this is really cool. He says, very diplomatic answer. He says, I think you can really build something here. Or I think you can really work on this. But then if I'm if I wrote something really good and he's he's like, whoa, I think there's something there already. I get that emotion from him. I don't get a yes from him every single time. I get a maybe. I give him a lot of no's. Casey would send me like a, a verse or a, a beat that he produced or wrote. I mean, he does pretty much everything for himself. And he would send it to me. And I, I literally would tell him, Casey, you can do so much better. He would send me a lyric video that he put together. And I'm just like, come over. We're going to film a music video because I can do better for you, not than you. I can offer you a DIY music video that is still DIY and not as good as somebody who can do a professional job. But at least it's better than this lyric video that you did. And so I'm not surrounded by yes men. Um, he's not either. My sister is ruthless. She's ruthless. Like she, I'm sorry, but like she, she's barely impressed by anything. So when she tells me this is good, I know she means it. Like she would see something that somebody did or I would do, even if I would write a song and she'd be like, yeah, it's okay. You know, I, I have, I've released, by the way, I've released a few songs that I'm not genuinely crazy about, but it's content. Right. It's content and I'm not Drake. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm not, I haven't reached that kind of audience yet. So yeah, soon. So, so I don't care. Let me fail. Let me let me release something and see how people are going to take it so that I wouldn't do it again. Why would I do it when I am at inshallah one day at Drake's level and would like do that mistake that I should have done when I was still at, you know, I don't know, 3,000 listeners on Spotify, whatever it is. I'm not even at 3,000 right now. I've dropped majorly at like 500 listeners a month. I was at 100 for be me, 100,000 or 30,000 a month or something like that. And then it dropped to 500. That's, I'm not telling myself yes for that. You know, like, no, work harder, Sarah. You can do so much better. So, yeah, it is a, pro it is a problem when you're constantly, like, petted. and You're doing a good job, honey. You're doing a great job, honey. No, you can always do better. I'm sorry, but I wrote a song, like, a month ago for the album and I completely scratched it I sent a demo also James Chatburn the producer I'm currently working with is incredible and he I sent him something that I wrote and he straight up said he's like I don't think that works for the album and I'm like okay let's move on there's no nobody's supposed to get offended nobody's supposed to get sad because if you don't do something good or well enough it doesn't mean you're not good at it it means that that wasn't your best shot keep trying mm -hmm. That's all. Oops. <laughs> My building is down. <laughs> mayday, mayday. Okay. Is there a danger of being overcritical? Yeah. Like I said, it's very toxic and it kind of stops you from working. So especially if you are suffering from anxiety and I am a person who suffers from work anxiety and social anxiety. Um, social is a very new uh, uh, realization. <laughs> like Kylie Jenner um, <laughs> yeah I just I just figured it out recently is that um, I I got very anxious around a group of people and I just had to leave and I didn't I don't know why I don't know the reason I'm still figuring it out but work anxiety has been there since day one 
I always feel like I'm not doing enough. I always feel like I'm falling behind. I always feel like I'm not good enough. I always feel like I'm not this, not that, not this. So um, it got very toxic. And that's why I decided to take a year off from releasing music because Higher was my last song last year in July 2020. And I realized I want to stop doing what people are telling me to do. I get a lot of messages from artists and people telling me, hey, you should be a rapper or you should do the occasional or the, the typical R&B approach. And I'm like, I love listening to that music, but I don't want to make that music. I'm so different in my head. I hear things, I hear, hear, like I, I, I genuinely see and hear things that are so different. There is a touch of R&B, don't get me wrong. My, my new stuff is not like, you know, violins and, and opera, but, um, but you get it. Like I, I can't keep, I can't keep doing what people want me to do. And I'm not talking about the audience because I do want to please the audience and I, I do want to see, take their opinion and what they like more from me. But right, so as, as of now, the, the most songs that got so, or two to three songs that, that in, they got a lot of, a lot of attention and love, um, and not very much from DSPs, but from people messaging me privately about them is Break Me, which is a song I wrote on the guitar. Pink Lemonade, which is a stripped down tune. It's not, not really much there. Um, and songs like, um, songs like Okay. And they're very, they're very different from something like Be Me or um or i want to know or something i don't know i just feel like these are the songs that got a lot of an emotional connection or a connection full stop from people um i don't know where i'm going with this i know where you're going with this good good <laughs> pick it up please <laughs> do you do you often feel like the songs that you love the most are maybe not the most well-received ones and the most well-received ones are not your favorites yeah yeah. Yeah, but see, I don't know what my favorite song is anymore. Currently, right. <laughs> it's the music that I'm writing. Like I'm so proud of these songs that I have right now, a handful of songs in my laptop that I'm almost finished with and and I'm so proud of them because I do feel progress and not just musically and um you know the 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 different genre or whatever it is that I'm approaching, but also vocally. Like I really pushed myself vocally, like, like I'm really hitting those notes. And I'm, I saw a video yesterday of Ariana Grande uh, stacking vocals. She posted behind the scenes of doing positions and she was literally stacking vocals and harmonies and oohs and la la la's and whatever. And, and, um, and she was doing exactly the same thing I was doing last week with the song that I'm writing called Take Me As I Am. And it has these this choir well it's not really a choir it's more of a of a fifth five five um five part harmony section right. so diff five different harmonies and and it's just like an oohs and ahs and and when i was recording i nobody's there to film me but but i'm experiencing something that is very new and i'm i'm not in a studio with some with a producer james is currently in berlin He's, he lives there. Mm -hmm. So my studio is my home. 
And so I'm literally in my PJs. I wake up, get my coffee, have some breakfast, do my vocal warm-ups, and I'm straight into my laptop and my mic, and I'm doing whatever I want to do. I'm not shy. There's nobody watching me. I'm not worried about going like, hey, maybe I can hit that note because I'm a very shy person. So if I don't hit that note in front of somebody and if I if my voice breaks and it sounds horrific, then I feel I can't, like I stop there. I don't try again. But when I'm alone, there's nobody there to make me feel like they're judging me. And nobody really makes me feel like they're judging me. I'm just like that. Yes. I need to get over myself. You know what I mean? <laughs> but... But it helps. It really helps. And when I saw her video and I was just like, wow, she's doing that in front of the, the sound engineer and the producer and whatever. I'm like, amazing. So I'm not doing anything weird. I'm not doing anything wrong. She's she's at the level where she just literally sings the harmony and then she goes like, OK, awesome. Can I do a third one, please? And then he plays it record and then she does a third harmony and she's like, OK, I think I have two more harmonies. Can you just punch me in over here or over mm -hmm. there? And then she sings it, sings it. And I imagined myself. I'm like, if I can do that in my room, yeah. I can do that in a big ass studio somewhere in L.A. or Canada or whatever. You know what I mean? So I. I yeah. I uh, wow, this this went from like self criticism to something else, but but that's what podcasts are for, right? Yeah, you can explore all of these. I talk a lot. <laughs> I love it, and um, I feel like hardly gone through a lot of questions, and we're already more than an hour in. So it's time to start wrapping it up, unfortunately. But there's a lot of stories to cover. Maybe part two one day. Yeah, I'm <laughs> having so much fun, by the way, and and I, it's very rare that I have fun doing these kind of stuff. It's not compliment time yet. Ah, right <laughs> shit. <laughs> okay, so before we move on to our final questions, I would love for you to interpret what you have built with the Lego. So let's take a look. I stacked up my harmonies. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I I'm. I just stacked things up. Like, yeah. So when I finished this, I was like, oh, look, it looks like a building. Yeah. I didn't know I was doing it, but it does look like a but building. But what does it represent? Sky what does the artist mean by putting the reds? I mean, again, I don't want to be too philosophical about it, but when I was doing it, I was looking for, for different colors, first of all. I didn't want to do one block of color, and I wanted to just, like, have different color in, on each side. I was thinking that when you were talking. But then when I finished it, I was like, okay, so I guess this is like, I don't know, standing tall. Yeah. Just like building, of building upwards. Yes. Of course. Well, that, that clearly pales this piece of shit in comparison. It's not a piece of shit. Can what I tell it? you? Yeah, sure. This honestly looks like a really fancy either um, condo. You know, Ooh, like, like modern look, ones, right? Yeah, the, the modern ones. Sign, yeah. yeah, you can imagine like you have a table over here with some Ooh, chairs and then yeah. you're having dinner. And then over here is like the room or it can be a a, a water park. The Laguna water park. That's what I was going for. Oh, you got it. Oh, look at that. Yes. <laughs> that was my test. <laughs> this is part of the interview. Yeah, that's clearly what I was doing, building. Look at that neatness, symmetry, color, all in one. Yes, and, and this is the hotel. This is chaos. <laughs> this is the hotel. This is where people are staying. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is the water park, and this is the car park. Yeah. We now have a resort, ladies and gentlemen. I'm just going to hide this in the corner. <laughs> oh, this is no, plans for, no. for an extension of the oh, water park. <laughs> this is the construction that's going on, the crane and stuff. <laughs> there we go. Look at that masterpiece in progress. Okay, let's move on to our final questions. 
what are some books movies or people that have strongly influenced in your life books uh big magic is is one book i absolutely love that book uh 40 rules of love um obsessed obsessed with this story of uh, shams of tabriz and drumi i think it really humbled me yeah. people need to read that book with all seriousness if you haven't pick the book up and read it it's beautiful uh currently i'm reading um uh everything is figure figureoutable it was a book that uh was gifted to me by one of my best friends and it was during christmas and i'm so attached to the book only because of the little message that she wrote on in the book in the beginning because i'm a very sentimental person oh my god very sentimental so if if you give me a book with a mess with a written message then it, it it means you want to see me grow you want to see me figure my shit out basically so this book is called everything is figureoutable it's incredible it 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 talks about how nothing is impossible you can figure every problem out everything you can have a specific positive attitude so definitely recommend this book i've also been inspired by um the subtle art of not giving a fuck incredible 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 uh mark manson what a guy um i'm inspired more books i grew up reading a lot of uh, love stories so a lot of cecilia ahern i hope i said her name correctly um a lot of uh, um sparks sparks his first name um a walk to remember nicholas uh, sparks yeah, yeah 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 i think look i think uh, growing up i was i mean pretty young teen or, or maybe in in 1920 reading these books were was just like filling my imagination up with just like a lot of love and you know love stories and just like i don't know it was it was cool um so that's for books i can go on by the way for books but i don't want to take it time yeah. <laughs> movies um you know what i'm not entirely inspired by a lot of movies i'll be honest with you but uh growing up i loved tim burton only because of his imagination um so big fish is one of the movies that i is if if anybody asks me i would say that that's my favorite because the father in the the character of the father was basically a dreamer and had a big imagination and he was saying all of these stories that were you don't know until now if they're real or not but his son was a realist and he would he had a very um weak relationship with his father and his father is you know dying at the time and he had a very um a, weak relationship because he would tell him can you please be real for once can you talk to me for real and stop telling me these fake stories that you make up from your mind and so i i get the notion that i relate to the father because my head's always in the clouds and i'm always like thinking about dreaming things and i'm a dreamer and yeah. and a lot of people get really annoyed by that a lot of people get really annoyed by that and maybe they sense it off of instagram and i'm just not their cup of tea but the father was so confident in his skin he was just like this is what i i want to talk about these stories whether they're real or not they're real but he would exaggerate not lie not make up things he would just say like oh when we were younger the lady next door was a witch 
they were kids. They probably thought they she was a witch, you know, um, inspired by fiction, uh, also mythology um, and sci-fi and just magical things, magical creatures yeah. and magic and and things that are unreal, but they're real in my head, you know. That's why I'm a big fan of Harry Potter. Wow, yeah. fantastic! Yeah. I read each book more than forty times. Yes, same. More Not forty times, no, but I read the books. <laughs> I read the books. <laughs> I'm a real fan. Yes. <laughs> oh, movies out, losers yes, corner. Please. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, I take that very passionately. Actually, Harry Potter is my jam. It's really good. When you mention stories, I remember this. Uh, there's a very popular saying that says, "Don't let the truth come in the way of a good story." <laughs> ah, I just love that stuff. There we go. That's a really good one. Um in terms of people? Yes. I'm inspired by friends and family. Um Yeah, I, I love I love my friends and my family. I I really do. I really do. I feel like some people re- really stuck around and those that stick around are just they make me so happy. Um but in terms of artists, I'm I'm absolutely enamored by Neo. Um and AO, not Neo, Neo. Uh she's beautiful, mystical, kind, real. I relate to her as a human being. Um incredible songwriter. Oh my god. <sighs> my dream, my dream, my dream and I really hope that she sees this, but I really want to write a song with her one day. Can it happen? I really do. She's watching. She's watching. Yeah. <laughs> um Pharrell inspired by his poise aura carries himself so well. Just really such a great guy, you know? Um Childish Gambino. Yes. Damn that man. Just a weird guy. And I I I I find I find I'm attracted to people with quirks. I'm attracted to people who know that they're quirky and they don't fake it or overdo it. They're just like Hey, I'm here. Like yeah. like I'm like this is really who I am and and they get asked questions like they just don't give a fuck, man. And I love that. I love I love that. I I need that in my life because I used to give a fuck and and I'm slowly not giving a fuck. Sorry for the many f words, but yeah. Yeah. Um the sense of police is going to be behind me after this. Um <laughs> <laughs> the last thing I I mean I have a, a quite a large list, but um currently um Tyler, Tyler the creator, yeah. he cracks me up. Every single time I see his interviews and and i know that he's not try- he's probably not trying to be funny this is just really who he is um he was he was interviewed i think and i don't i don't remember what it was but i remember watching him speak and i was just like you so relate so approachable even if i'm never going to see him i just feel like it's so up- it's so real it's so tangible and i i like that in artists i like that in people i feel like if you're too polished i don't know how to talk to you because i feel like you're not going going to let me in yeah. or you're just going to not human not human yeah. and and i don't know how to 
I don't know how to show you my emotions because yeah, if, how to connect with you, right? Yeah, so you're not human. How do you how do you connect? Yeah. yeah, so I'm I'm really I'm really inspired by people who, um, yeah, just really just are unapologetically themselves. You know, uh, Neo. The reason why um, I love her is because of her her show. She went on stage and she was so sick, right? And she's like, I was so worried. She literally. Between songs, she literally started talking to us, and it was in a church. The the concert, I don't a story for another time. Um, I watched her in Brighton in London, and she between songs she would be like, uh, "I was so sick. I woke up with a, a cold, and and I was so scared that that you know this wouldn't be a good show. But you guys are absolutely amazing, and you're so sweet. Thank you so much. I love you all." And she's just like talking to us like we're her family. And that's where I pick up this notion of just really trying to be like someone people can talk to. I'm not forcing it. I want it. <laughs> I really do. In a parallel universe, you are a photographer. Does that life scare you? Um, it scare me. Uh, yeah, it does scare me. Yeah. Yeah. Truth be told, it does. I, I was very scared when I was approaching, uh, sorry, pursuing photography. I didn't know what I was doing, and I don't think I wanted to do it. Um, I don't think... I just filmed uh, a little DIY music video for Casey the other day, and I'm happy to be doing it for fun. But yeah, it would scare me. Right. I don't think... Just the unexplored potential. You never knew you could have become who you are today, right? It's just, yeah. You just carried on that road. I guess I just I just want to be in front of the camera, not behind it. <laughs> <laughs> what would you like your legacy to be like? Oof, dude, I don't know. I just really want people to be kinder to one another. It it's so hard. Do you know? I don't even know what you're going through. You must be going through so much in your life. Who am I to be a bitch about something? You know. People don't know what everyone's going through, even people that I am no longer in touch with. Literally, like I can't imagine how they they must be feeling because some sort of thing happened that I'm unaware of. Always, always, always know that even if somebody's mean to you, they must be going through something in their heads. They must be like it's so, so common for somebody to be anxious, depressed, some sort of emotional blockage that they have and that's painful and i just want people to be kinder to one another i'm not saying i want to live in a world where butterflies and and, and rainbows are like floating above us and i get the notion that people think that way about me i'm really not trying to do the impossible but i don't like aggression I'm I'm a product of 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 a war zone. I literally like came out in, into this world with sounds of bombs. And so maybe it's innately within me like the fact that I don't want aggression between people because perhaps it scares me. And I <laughs> Casey Casey 
loves this, but I always tell him, I don't get why rappers are so mis- mean to one another. <laughs> <laughs> and so he's obviously he, he knows what I mean by that. I, I don't mean in, it's not an important opinion. I'm just being being funny. But he always tells me like, oh, it's part of the culture. It's not really a it's not really like a an aggression thing. It's more of like just us expressing ourselves the way that we know how to. And I'm and I, I understand that, obviously. But yeah, like I can never be <laughs> I can never be a rapper. I can never diss anybody because I'm just like what if I I I diss someone and then that person is currently going through like a major problem in their life. Yeah. And then like here you have this problem and then somebody's dissing you and you're just like I really didn't need that right now. Yeah. Like I just want a hug. Everybody wants a hug. Don't fucking tell me you don't want a hug. Everybody wants a hug. So yeah, I guess my legacy is just Look, I have a I have a list of things. I want to inspire the youth. I want to let those 17-year-old, 18-year-old Sarahs of the world to know that you can pursue music if you want to. You don't have to you don't have to go be a doctor. Not that that's wrong. I meant if you're forced. If you if your true love is music or art or photography or or even a podcast that hopefully, you know, like goes to places you can do that you can be who you are i just want to leave behind um the 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 validity of being yourself do not change who you are for any motherfucking person or any job or any circumstance or nothing don't change yourself people don't want to see that they don't. They really don't. If you're being fake, people will sniff it out of you. It's a waste of time. And maybe a music school. Yeah, that's a great legacy to look forward to. Final question. What do you think is the meaning of life? Love. Love. The meaning of life is love. doesn't matter who you're loving or who loves you back. We're all going to die eventually, bro. <laughs> <laughs> We're all going. And so if I go, I want to make sure that I have, um, you know, people around me that love me. It's so sad, but it's true. No, it's a beautiful meaning to have. Love is what keeps us going. And it, love it, is the answer. It's true. You love music. You keep going. You love your wife. You keep going. Your wife loves you. That motivates you to keep going. You love your mom and your dad. That's a that's another good day. Your sister is there to love you and you love her back. That's another thing. You know, like, like, like I right now can't think of a day, a perfect Friday off from work without my sister and maybe a friend or Casey or whatever at the beach, just literally sharing laughs and talking about absolutely garbage. You know what I mean? That for me is the meaning of life. I don't want to think about money. I don't want to think about success because that I can do any, every day that I can work on. But for me to, to have that genuine connection and a support system that I can call family every day of my life, that doesn't come easily. Doesn't come easily. Everything else is, um, um, everything else is, doesn't require that much emotion. If anything, I don't think money needs emotions. Work doesn't need emotions. I think if anything, people tell you, hey, listen, less of emotions and more of business, okay? This is work. 
But then when you try to open up to a friend and gain that friendship and suddenly you have a new friend in, of your, in your life, like a real friend, you're just like, oh my God, I succeeded in uh, 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 connecting with somebody and that you can take forever with you. So yeah. That's a beautiful answer. Love is the answer, as always. I swear, I know that it sounds so fucking lame, but it's who it I am. It doesn't sound lame. It's it who is, I am. I feel love is a very underappreciated, underrated force that really drives all of us. Love is always the answer. Even if it's yeah. self-love. Yeah, of course. All forms of love. All forms. All right. Shivani, thank you so much. If people want to find you in person, online, want to listen to your music, where can they do so? Yeah. Oh, how? Uh, my number is zero five two one three. Um, everywhere on social media, I am Shebani Music, and um, my email is even Shebani Music at gmail dot com. <laughs> um, I'm everywhere. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. Uh, I'm not. I'm not really that funny on Twitter, but I try to be. Um, yeah, my music is on all DSPs, Spotify, and Rami. Apple Music, Bandcamp, whatever you name it, and it's there. And I'm more than happy to connect with anybody. So hit me up. Yeah, hit her up. <laughs> Shibani, thank you so much. It was an honor talking to you. Thank you so much. I had a blast, and you are incredible. Thank you. I'm not going to put that. You are. <laughs> he is. You are. <laughs> you are.